0: All right, well, welcome to our, our midweek service. Welcome to our midweek service. And we are uh, working through some technical difficulties, see how that works out. Um, and we're going to continue on diligent discipline. We're going to do a little shorter work today because we, uh, we have a rehearsal at the end of the service. So we won't be doing... Q and A Q&A today. All right, we'll be doing comments and Q and A. All right, let's uh, get to this word so we can jump into it. First Peter one seven. First Peter one seven. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay. All right, I'm gonna read it out of the. Lord, I decrease that you may increase. Uh, I read it out of the uh, King James. I'm going to read the classic Amplified version. All right, so it says here, it says uh, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, uh, though it be tried, with fire might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Now, when, it's, when it talks about that trial, that's a measurement, the measurement of your faith, right? And, and when you start to think of measurements, uh, I always think of calibration. I, I did, uh, uh, I was a housing inspector or code enforcement officer, but you had different levels. I did commercial houses, uh, uh, residential houses, uh, lots and property, but I had another friend he did weights and measures. So weights and measures is the people that go inspect the gas pumps. Um, so they have to make sure it's calibrated correctly because the people can cheat, you know, they can cheat. If they calibrate it wrong or if they, what we call false to balance, they could, you could be pumping gas thinking you're getting uh, $14 worth, but you really got $7 worth because they foster to balance. You know, so these, you know, you, you put it at a, uh, you can graduate it and make, make it seem like it's more than it really is. So they have to make sure those are just weights or just balances. Um, it reminds me of the scripture in Proverbs 11.1. One, it says that unjust weight is an abomination to the Lord. And so how God uh, measures if we're out of balance or, or as he takes us to, he allows tests. And that test measures us. And the thing is, this is talking about trying your faith or calibrating your faith. Now, again, that calibration determines just balance. It's talking about calibration. So it not only determines the just balance, uh, but it's making sure everything is adjusted precisely. And so, so what they do is they have a set of graduations that they can, wow, I don't know what you did, but it's not good. Uh, they have a set of graduations that um, that they use to um, what they call is articulate appreciations so so how can I put it so appreciations are true value does that make sense not trying to get deep but appreciations are true value if somebody falses a balance then that's not true value. So, God doesn't like unjust weight because it's not true value. You understand that it's not genuine. So, let's say if you're, if you're looking like you got faith, right? Well, that's not true, right? That's a lie. Okay, let's see what happens it's here. Testing, testing. I don't know what we're doing here, man. It's not. Like, Testing, testing. Once, <laughs> testing. Te- you got to turn that down. It's like testing, testing, and then it's testing. <laughs> you really making me work. Too- hey, Can I have that mic back, please? So, I can't help because I would have to be back there and appear at the same times. So, we'll just work with this. So, what was I saying? <laughs> oh, we were talking about uh, articulating appreciations or, or tr- true, true, true appreciations or positions, like the mic. The mic is not in true position, <laughs> right? So, it's throwing off the actual sound. All right. Um, and so, so God allows tests, and we think tests are punishment, but God can't advance you into levels without genuine faith. Like He just, could you turn me up a little bit, please? He can't advance you into levels without genuine faith and add some to or something. Because it seems like I'm, I'm, I'm speaking and then I just drop out. Testing, testing. All right. All right, so, so with God, I want to advance you, but, okay, God has dealt to every man a measure of faith, right? So the measure of faith is he's hoping to grow where the gesture, what? Live by faith, right? And so, so his goal is for us to live by faith, right? Now, we go through different tests in this life so we can use the faith to exercise. But when we're young, we think every test is a punishment. You know, but really it's an opportunity. Because when will you use faith? When it seems like it's a hopeless situation or it seems like something that's insurmountable, right? That's normally when you would use faith. So God understands that we need faith but we need, we need strong faith. Remember, where is your faith? Ye of little faith. I have not found so great faith. So we know that there's levels of faith, you know, right? So, 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 so what he's doing, he allows these situations for us to exercise a discipline of, of staying steadfast in faith. But if you think about it, let's, let's be all honest, right? When we get in certain situations, like we know faith, we hear about faith, we talk about faith, right? But when we get in situations where we have to use faith, now that's the true measure of are we genuine or not? So, you know how you encourage somebody else, well, you just need to use faith, honey. Just faith. You know, uh, hey, yeah, hey, 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 go out by faith. Like, but then you get into a situation and all of a sudden, oh, what's going to happen? what's going to happen is you're going to use faith. Right? Okay. I know we talk about diligent discipline, but I wanted to park there because as we we move through the rest of this information, it's going to make sense. Okay? Because once again, he's what? He's calibrating, measuring where we are. Now, let's read the Amplified of that same Scripture, 1 Peter 1.7. Amplified version. So, this diligent discipline is passing tests. It's passing test, right? And so, First uh, Peter 1, 7 in the Amplified says this. It says, so so that, look at this, the genuineness of your faith may be tested. So, so again, it's not just saying your, your faith in general. Is this faith genuine, right? It says that the genuineness of your faith may be tested. May be tested. Your faith which is infinitely more precious than perishable gold, which is tested and purified by fire. Right? It says, this proving of your faith is intended to redound or return to you, right? Your your praise and glory and honor when Jesus the Messiah, the anointed one is revealed. So in other words, how I respond in faith and maintain my faith, and I'm diligent and disciplined enough not to get off faith, returns to me in honor and glory when Christ is revealed. I'm the guy that believed you the whole time. You know what I'm saying? I'm the guy that was with you the whole time. I, I endured. Remember what we, we talked about in uh, Line in the Sand? I hung in there. You know what I'm saying? I didn't like, you know, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth, right? So, this diligence, discipline, uh, 2 Corinthians 8, I think this is good too. Let's let's go here. 2 Corinthians 8, and we're going to lock in on verse 22. Again, we're talking about diligence, discipline, and today we're discussing why is it so important Well, we're going to focus on 22, but I'm going to start at 21. It says, providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of man, right? Some consistency there. And it says, and we have sent with them our brother, look, whom we have oftentimes, how many times? Oftentimes proved diligent in many things. So before we sent them, we test them. We tested him. But we didn't just test him one time. He proved diligent in look, wait, wait, wait. In how many things? That was in many things. So 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 we sign on to this life, and then we tell ourselves we're diligent because we're doing one major thing. But it says he was proved diligent in many things. You know, we 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 flip and trip because we're doing more than we're used to doing. But are we doing what's required of God? Right? Are we proving diligent in many things? How does our day look? Are we maximizing our moment? Or we just go, hey, you know, you know we got the a, 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 a anniversary coming up. So, so people are going to extend themselves. But keeping it real, this is normal. For me and Pastor Mel, this is normal but none of our other responsibilities change. You know why? Because people's problems don't take vacation because we're having a what? An anniversary. All over the world, people are still dealing with stuff. People are still having crisis. You know, people are still saying, you know, I'm leaving them. I can't stand. I'm done. You know, they're kicking me out. They're evicting me. Well, Well, I don't know if they're coming out of the hospital. No, 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 no. I appreciate your prayer, but you have to come to the hospital. That doesn't change because we're having an anniversary. So, so whether it's the, the premarital couples, like, well, I don't know if I, I I'm, I'm switching up if I want to marry the person. Or the married couple, like, no, 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 no. Right now, I'm, I'm resisting, I'm, I'm operating in discipline. I'm disciplining myself not to punch him in his face, Right? And, and, and again, that sounds funny, but this is the situation. Infidelity don't take a break. Lust don't take a break. You know, I had like probably a three or four hour conversation because sometimes our minds, we can't lock our minds into this. Not because we're tripping, we've never had. So that's not a basic, hey, how you doing conversation. That's not a big, hey, just read the scripture. No, 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 we got to keep digging. And I told the person, I said, hey, let's, let's try this today. And we're going to keep working that combination until we open that that, that lock. So, we're going to have to have another conversation. Let's try this. Hey, 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 I know it seems like it's not going to work, but let's try it. And then if that don't work, we're going to have another conversation. Now, Now, we're having these conversations over and over and over, right? But that's just one person that lives in another state. But there's so many other people that are processing through this. You understand what I'm saying? So it says he proved diligent in how many things? Many things, right? So let's look at the amplified version of that scripture, right? 2 Corinthians 8. Look at the amplified. So it says this. This says, moreover, along with them, we are sending our brother, whom we have often put to the test, he says what? Often put to the test, right? And have found him zealous, look, devoted and earnest in many matters, not just one. And in, uh, but who now more earnestly, eagerly, more earnest, he, I'm sorry, who is now more eagerly earnest than ever because of his absolute confidence in you. So, it's saying this person is already diligent in, the, in a lot of things, but when I sent them to help you, he wanted to take it to another level because he had confidence that he wasn't gonna waste his diligence in serving. Because he sees your level of consistency too, right? And so this is the thing, there's, there, we're talking about there's diligence, but there's diligent diligence, diligence or special discipline. So a lot of times we want things, but it costs, like you don't get greatness at your convenience. It's a special discipline that it takes. And so, so so, the thing is, there is not a person, Christian or non-Christian, that's going, that's not going through something. Today. Man, we ain't talking about last week. Today. Not going through something. I don't care. Might be a bill. Might be a daughter tripping. Might be a cousin tripping. Might be the wife uh, uh, can't take it. They might have slipped, right? Batt- could be battling lust, right? Could be battling just, I got to learn how to discipline my finances, right? this is Everybody's battling something, but the thing is, you think it's because God's punishing you. No, no, no. It's an opportunity for you to use that faith. See, Romans twelve three says God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. How? What are we doing with it? Do so we have to exercise that faith? We got to use it. Like if you don't use faith, why would you believe? You know, like if you don't use your muscles, they atrophy. When I broke my my patella, you know. Went into surgery, woke up, I got a cast on. Of course, I didn't feel no pain because I was on all types of drugs, right? Drugs wore off. You asked my wife, I wanted to get out of the hospital. I got home, I called I call, I call a doctor at his house. I said, you got to give me something else. He gave me some Percocet. I said, this ain't working. <laughs> I had never felt pain like that in my life. I said, you got to give me something else. There's got to be something stronger than this. You know, Mr. Faith, Mr. Don't You Take No Medicine, because that's normally how, I don't take aspirin or nothing. Listen, I don't care what it takes. I had never dealt with the pain, right? But, but I noticed something. I went a couple weeks later to have, you know, inspection. He took off the cast, and I was like, whose leg is that? It was, it was more than a couple weeks. But, but my muscles are atrophy. You know why? Because I wasn't using them. You know, your faith muscles, if you don't use them, they atrophy. So now you get into a crisis and you're going to what? Magnify the negative because you haven't used faith. Matter of fact, you haven't used your lenses. I was watching one of the athletes on um, a sports show and he didn't have his glasses. He had left his glasses. He couldn't see nothing. Guess what? When we don't put our faith lenses on, we can't see nothing but circumstances. That's all we can see. You put your faith lenses on, you can see beyond through the circumstances to how it works out for good, right? So now I can maintain my diligence. Oh, this is an opportunity for faith, right? Because you're playing basketball, you know, I'm coming down the court. If there's three people on me, there's three people open. <laughs> That's how my mind thinks. You know, I see a crowd around me, I go, uh-oh. Somebody's about to get taken advantage of because y'all can't be with me and be with them at the same time. So it's three on one. So one of y'all is playing me and two of y'all supposed to be playing somebody else. I have two other options to get that ball to. So as soon as I see you running to me, I'm not waiting till you get there. I'm already throwing the ball where you should be at. And even if you stop, your momentum is going to bring you to me, right? Your momentum is going to bring you outside of what you should be doing, outside of your position. The ball, by the time it gets to where you should be, you're going to turn around, try to get there. Oh, no, it's too late now. Bucket. No, no, no. But if I wait till you get to me and throw the ball, you may follow the ball back and get there in time. You understand what I'm saying? So when when the circumstances are attacking, I see them attacking, I say, well, you can't attack me and stop my blessings at the same time. So I'm going to send my faith pass to my blessings to score another, another opportunity every time you attack me, right? I'm, I'm going to whip out some more faith. You attack me, whoa, What? What? You ain't see him over there, right? When you attack me over here, what? You ain't see that guy right there? Every time you attack me, I'm going to respond in faith. I'm throwing a faith pass. Are you kidding me? But if I panic, ah, ah, they on me. They won't let me go. Ah, what do I do? I'm going to throw my faith away to the circumstances. You don't panic. We teach players that. You don't rush out of mistake and don't panic under pressure. Use the pressure to your advantage. So, so I grew to be a player that you don't want to press me. So you want the devil to say, You don't want to press me because I'm going to use faith to score every time. And you want to keep him off balance, not him keeping you off balance. See, when are we going to use this faith? You got it. When are you going to use it? I mean, what you, what you holding it for? You got it, you got it up in the closet. Secured in a gold box. What are we waiting for? All right? So, just something to think about, okay? All right? Just something to think about. All First right, Peter 1, 13 through 16. Well, just for the sake of time, because I know they got rehearsal preparing for the anniversary this week. So, let's, 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16. I'm going to read the Amplified, okay? So, it says, look. Excuse me. Excuse me. It says, so prepare your minds for action. So, I said, I mean, sometimes our minds are not prepared for action, right? It says, prepare your minds. for action. Be completely sober, in spirit, steadfast. Look, look. This is what being sober is. Steadfast in spirit, self-discipline, spiritually and morally alert. It says, fix your hope completely on the grace of God, God's ability, that is coming to you when Jesus is revealed. It says, live as obedient children of God. Do not be conformed to the evil desires which governs you in your ignorance. So, this is assuming you're not in your ignorance no more. But this is also saying we were ignorant at one time and we let evil desires govern our life. You know what government means? They run your life. So, we ain't talking about I slipped into sin. No, no. When something's governing your life, you're submitted to it. You're serving it. You don't have permission to do what you want to do. What's governing your life tells you what to do, right? So so this is saying we have to prepare ourselves not to roll like that, right? It says uh, evil desires governing your ignorance. It says before you knew the requirements and transforming power of the good news regarding salvation. It says, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all your conduct. What that means is be set apart from the world by your godly character and moral courage. So how do people see that I'm different? By my godly character and my moral courage. So I don't respond like everybody else, right? I persuade in return for attack, right? I'm patient, I'm long suffering. I'm operating in goodness, gentleness, meekness, right? Temperance. But if I'm looking like everybody else, do I stand out? Right? And of course, uh, moral courage. See, why do you need courage to operate morally? Because everybody in the world is operating immorally and making and convincing you to don't take all that. You now I was talking to my nephew and he was saying he said, he said, Man, just every, he says, I don't always agree with everything they do, but everybody's doing it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's young, he's like everybody's doing it. But you have to have moral courage to take a stand to to now. Instead of being influenced, I'm an influence. So, I'm, I'm going to lead people into goodness as opposed to them pulling me into that which is evil, corrupt, and will weaken me, All Right? Now, I don't have to, like, put nobody down. I don't have to hate nobody. I don't have to be mad at nobody, All right? I don't have to condemn nobody. I can offer what's benefiting my life. You know, even over the years, you know, I worked in corrections and stuff like that, and and I I don't think I know I hate to believe in that I said well tell you what if you have what I need that's better than what I have offer it to me I'm listening I, said, I didn't fight like you don't know what you're talking about I didn't do all that offer it to me offer what to me what's fulfilling your life I'm not talking about what's satisfying you in a moment I'm talking about what's fulfilling your life I'm not talking about something you visit every once in a while and get a little bit of pleasure and on the other side, you do, you're guilty. I'm talking about fulfillment is totally different in it. I said, let me know. No one, no, nobody took the stand. You know why? Because they weren't being fulfilled. Right? So I said, I'm offering. You, you, could, you still have choice once I offer it to you, but I'm going to offer it to you because I care about you. All right? And so, so it says, uh, God, the character moral courage, because it is written, you shall be holy, set apart, for I am holy. All right? So, so, so it's saying at least set that target. All right, Set the target. All right, so Proverbs 26, 13 through 16, and I'm going to read through this for the sake of time, but please write it down so you can, again, search the Scriptures to see if it's so for yourself. Study it out to, to prove it for yourself, not just take my word for it. All right, so Proverbs 26, 13 through 16, I'm going to read the, the classic Amplified version again. It says, the sluggard says, now you know what a sluggard is, right? Yeah, slow for a lazy person. Right, the slugger says, there's a lion in the way. A, a lion is in the streets. <laughs> you know, what is he saying? Well, I can't go. You know, it, something might happen. <laughs> right? The slugger always comes up with a worst-case scenario to justify not taking a step or a move. Right, he says, as the door turns on, on its hinges, so does the lazy man. Move not from his place upon his bed. The slowful and self-indulgent buries his hand in his bosom. It distresses and wearies him to bring it again to his mouth. He said, just to lift his hand, <laughs> you know, it's frustrating to him. It says, the sluggard is wiser in his own eyes and conceit than seven men who can render a reason and answer discreetly. So it says, the, the, for a sluggard to stay immobile, irresponsible, and stuck in the quicksand. In their mind, they think they're wiser than all the people offering them at ways of advancing out of the mud, right? But in their mind, they're wiser than all these people. This is the challenge. We talked about it at the beginning when we talked about God tests you to measure you, right? The slugger is, is, is living an immeasurable life. He's not measuring nothing. Because anybody that measures their life moves. You understand? Like, like, like when you assess the reality of where you are, you move. How could you be in the same place for so many years? You're not really being honest with yourself. You're not listening to assessment. You're staying away from accountability, right? You're running from the truth. But anybody that's around the truth, anybody that's accountable, anybody that's dealing a measured life. Think about this. Where's these little reflex? Uh, fighting against the truth. You know, uh, listen, don't get mad. Don't get mad. Uh, 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 Oh, I don't talk about weight. Why don't I talk about weight? Why aren't you talking about it? In one breath, you want to change it. In another breath, you don't want to talk about it. Well, the way you change it is talking about it. Right? I know the the line. Y'all gonna get mad. I know the line. You know, whatever you do, don't talk to a woman about her weight. Well, then somebody needs to talk. See, see, what am I saying? I'm saying... Like, like, for guys, you know, not, hey, hey, hey hey, hey, you know, just, hey, hey, watch what you say. No, don't watch what you say. Say it. Because we got to change. Right? Do you understand that? And we got to live in a, me- a, a, a reality of measuring our lives, right? Some of y'all, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get like you know, texts and e- e- emails later. <laughs> okay. All right. It <laughs> all right, so, so. I, I, I thought about this because I was thinking about Daniel Daniel 1 16 to 21 and for the sake of time I'll read that too and I'm gonna read it as a classic amplified again also so so you remember the Daniels thing is they were held captive right so not only it's not it's conformity at another level so you got some of us who make ourselves captive to the world right because we don't have to conform he's being held captive and they're the rulers, and they have a way that they do things. But within the way that they do things, Daniel said, I want to do things different. I can't get off on my discipline because I'm in your work. But he asked God for wisdom so he can maintain his discipline. So they were like, listen, this is how we eat. This is how we prepare people so, so everybody can be ready to be wise and strong. Daniel said, listen, man, basically what he was saying without being arrogant is I'm already wise and strong. And what you about to give me is going to make me weaker. But he didn't didn't come at him crazy. He used wisdom. He said, tell you what, let me have my diet. Your guys can have their diet. Let me maintain my discipline. If I don't prove myself worthy or even more worthy than the people on your diet, hey, not a problem. I'll do what you ask. See, so he didn't fight against it. He said, let me do this. If I don't get the results you want, then I'll do anything you ask me to do. Daniel uh, one sixteen. He says, so the steward took away their rich dainties, this is what he was giving everybody else, and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables because that's what Daniel asked for. He says, and as for these four youths, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom and Daniel had understanding and all kinds of visions and dreams. Now at the end of the time which the king had set, for bringing all the young men in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them before Nebuchadnezzar. The king conversed with them, and among them among them all, none were found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Zariah, which is Sharak, Meshach, and Abednego when they changed their names. It says, therefore, they were assigned to stand before the king. So they got promotions, and they locked up. And their promotions was above the people that was a part of the kingdom. All because they maintained their discipline. Their diligent discipline. And all because they used wisdom and said, hey, see, they were so confident in their diligence, they was like, let's test it. If it doesn't work, fine. If you're not getting the results, fine. But if it does work, back up off me. Not only did they back up off them, they elevated them to another level, right? And, and so, so, again, we're talking about this diligent discipline because we, we desire things, but we think we're gonna get them at our convenience, right? We think we can get off a of discipline and that should be our incentive. What we want should be our incentive to hold on to our discipline because you have to tell yourself, every time I get off the discipline, I'm not gonna get what I desire. So do not be depressed when you don't get it, get back on your discipline. You see what I'm saying? Like, like, when you, like, like even me, if something gets funky, I, I get back on my discipline. I, I, I probably live a disciplined life, but but I don't want to live a disciplined life. I want to live a diligent disciplined life. So I get back on my discipline. You know, I get on my face. I get, you know, anything funky. I, I press into God more. Not, I can't believe this is happening. What's going on? Why am I I ain't got no time for that. I can do something about it. You know what I'm saying? I can, I can get in my discipline. So I, I want to give you this word, uh, ascetic. Ascetic. Uh, A S C T I C, right? And uh, I shared this a long time ago, but I want to share it again today. It's characterized by or suggesting the practice of severe, severe. I'm sorry, self-discipline and abstention from all forms of indulgence. So it's characterized or it suggests the practice. This is my practice: severe severe self-discipline and and abstention from all forms of indulgence. So I practice not indulging. I practice severe self-discipline. So if I slip, I slip into what? Discipline. But if I'm just disciplined, barely disciplined, if I slip, I slip into what? Laziness, all right? And so if we're honest with ourselves, we have to overcompensate on discipline. So if we slip, we still fall into discipline. We can't just be barely doing discipline. Pat ourselves on the back because if we slip, we're going to slip into being lazy, right? And, and, and so what you do is when you're disciplined, you train people to depend on you. When you slip, you're not, you're not available. But guess what? When you're not available, you don't know who needed you. You know why? Because you weren't there. You understand what I'm saying? So it wasn't like, you. Were, man, they probably really needed me today. No, you're not thinking that because you're not there. You're just not available, and you don't realize the impact because all you highlight is when you are available. But if you live available, you wouldn't have to highlight when you're available. It's how you live. Does that make sense? Okay, all right. Was I too loud? (laughs) Not bad, y'all. And so, so, so Hebrews 12. Let's look at Hebrews 12. We got rehearsal, so I know I'm not going to get through all this. Unfortunately, not today. All right, Hebrews 12, uh, let's start at verse 1. All right, so this is after Hebrews 11. The whole chapter is what? About faith, right? Really, people that was diligently disciplined, right? And so it starts off at 12. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great cloud of witnesses, what witnesses is it referring to, the whole chapter 11, right? It says, let us, okay, so now, now I have these witnesses. It says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which, so, which doth, doth so, this is the way Paul wrote it, doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, right? It says, looking unto Jesus, now, now, now as I'm running this race, my, my my measure. Remember when they when they ran a uh, uh, what was it Roger Bannister or whatever ran the first four-minute mile. So that's the incentive for what everybody else trying to run a mile at a at a record time, right? So so Jesus ran the faith race at a record time. So we're looking at Jesus, and that's our measure when we're running our race. And how did he run it? He endured the cross because of the glory that was set before. So 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 we learn. Yeah, I, I know. I know I'm a basketball player, but but I know when you're running, you can't be looking left or right. And I also know if you don't have your head and shoulders and everything right, you can instead of using a wind to your advantage, you use it to your disadvantage. You start turning your head and stuff, the wind actually slows you down, right? Because if you run right, it's aerodynamics, right? You use the wind. You run wrong, like you run it all like this, <laughs> You ain't going nowhere. Trust me. Just take my word for it, right? You can't just be all over the place. You got, you know, you gotta cut that win, right? And so, but I also know this, you can't be looking back and trying to win. You can't be looking to see if that person where you at. No, no, you, know, you gotta run as fast as you can as if you're running by yourself. You know who your competition is in the race? You in your lane. Right? You can't even be trying to. Just beat them. You could, you could be faster than them and slower than you. Right? So, so you, you're, you're trying to run this. So, what it's saying is Jesus, when he was running the faith race, he didn't, st- he didn't let circumstances or considering them, the wind of the circumstances, slow him down from finishing the race. He endured the cross because of the glory that was set before him. He was looking at the goat. All he saw was the finish line, right? And so, uh, verse 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author, look, look, he's the beginning. He's the originator, the author and finisher of what? Our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down on the right hand of the throne, right? So that that author is the motivator of our faith. That finisher is is the person that completed it and gives us the incentive that we can complete it too. Sometimes we get stuck in talking about faith, but not exercising it to manifestation. We just talk about faith. We talk about faith all the time, but we're not exercising it to, faith is supposed to bring some stuff into the the natural realm from the supernatural realm that nobody's seen before, right? Because it's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, right? The worlds were framed by faith, so we know that things which appear were created from things which don't appear in the invisible, right? So so that's why we pray for it to be on earth as it is in heaven, right? And so the interesting thing about this is, just like we get stuck talking about faith but not exercising it to manifestation, we get stuck talking about discipline but not exercising it until it becomes a habit. So we're constantly talking about what we're going to, do, but we're not exercising it enough where now our default is discipline. And I'm not saying this because I'm a pastor. I'm not saying this because y'all see me as somewhat of a disciplined person. I'm saying this because I was the person that wasn't disciplined. I was the guy in college, my roommate would get up and and start stretching. He'd be like, yo, you want to stretch? I'm like, nope. Then he would get up and go running. Talking about loose, James Days, I'm going to give you your props. He would get up and go running. He was like, hey, so, so you want to go running? This is what we do too. I'm, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm the guinea pig. I would violently take my cover. So I, I didn't just say, no, nah, man, I'm not going to do it today. No, I violently take my cover and slam it over my body, turning my body away from the request. So, so not only do I want you to know I'm not going, I don't want you asking me no more. That's how defiant I was when it came to discipline. My coach that I still have not talked to, Pastor Melton, I talked to him. I still ain't talked to him. He did the video. I got a, got a response on the text. That's it. So, so from way back in the 80s, I still ain't talked to this guy. Probably, and, and, and I think originally I ain't talked to him because he's like, oh, that's Keith, you know. Because he was like, Keith, you working out? I was like, nope. And I would have like a, a quarter slit small liquor bull in my, in my arm, you know, like almost like, nah coach, I see you in september like i'm, th- I'm talking with swag, but i 'm a fool, and i 'm talking to the coach that's who you get that's how you get to play, but but I was so defiant with discipline ain't nobody going to make me do nothing i don 't want to do when the whole time the devil was making me do stuff i didn't want to do but I, but you could well, <laughs> Right. ain't nobody telling me what. If you told me to do something, I'm gonna do the opposite just cause you told me. It's like I ain't got nothing in life. I ain't got nothing in life for my choice. <laughs> so I just used it the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? But that's how I was thinking. I was like, I ain't got nothing, I ain't got no money, I barely got friends, I ain't got no family, because I hadn't really jailed with them yet, because I was away from them for 14 years. So I said, only thing I got is no. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> no, I ain't doing it. I'm not even processing it. So this same guy is telling you, I get up in the morning, I'm on my face, I'm working out, I'm 60. I'm not working. Listen, you know, I, I I know the athletes doing a little here and there just to maintain. No, 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 I'm working out. I'm I'm I'm, I'm hitting it. Come come come, hang out with me. You'll see, I'm not playing around, right? Because I'm buffeting my body as policy I'm not no, my body don't get to do with it no no you ain't doing what you want to do matter of fact I don't even want to push the cart in the in the in the little corral when we we go because I'm always in a rush. I always got stuff to do I have very little time I'm gonna push it in there because I know my body don't want to do it I don't want to find go to an aisle find what I what, what a, something better I don't want to go back to the aisle where I got the stuff from matter of fact the other day I got some chips but I saw some healthier chips. When I picked up the healthier chips, I was like, man, I'm in a rush. I got to go back four aisles." Sure enough, I went back four aisles, put those chips back. You don't have to do that. You know why I do it? Because I know my flesh don't want to. I do a whole lot of stuff. I go to Extra Mile. My wife sent me for something. I go to the store. They don't have it. You know what the easiest thing is? Babe, they ain't got it. They ain't got it. I don't even want her to ask the question, uh, did you uh, no, I didn't do that. You know what I do? I'm going to research. Sometimes, she don't even know. I be traveling to various stores. i done been like six stores. Why am I doing that? Well, one, because I love her. But two, because my flesh don't want to. I'm going to just say this for the fellas. Let's flip it. <laughs> Baby, I know you would. All right, so, so this is the thing. Sometimes we're tempted when we're on this discipline trip, right? Sometimes we're tempted. We're tempted to relax. We're tempted to get lazy. We're tempted to take a vacation. We're tempted to say, well, I've been doing this longer than I've ever done it before. No, 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 That's not the goal. The goal is not to do it longer than you've ever done it before. The goal is to stay on it until it becomes a habit. We, the goal, we got our goals mixed up. Our goal is, well, I've been doing this for three weeks. I've never done it ever in three weeks. I appreciate that. That's a wonderful thing. But you still haven't completed the goal. The goal is for it to become a habit, a lifestyle. So when you miss it and it's a habit, you feel uncomfortable because you want to get back doing it. When you miss it and it's not a habit, you don't just miss it, you forget about it. (laughs) Right? Right? And so, so so and and I shared this a, a, a while ago, but I want to share this. Every temptation is, is not every temptation is not a license to sin. Oh man, I was tempted. Hey, Pastor. Hey, hey, I was tempted. Like, there was nothing you could do about it. It's not a license to sin, but it is a challenge to endure. It's not a license to sin, but it is a challenge to endure. Now, uh, the the Scripture says, you know, we'll probably talk about this uh, next week, but the Scripture says to quit like men. You know, of course, under, under the covering of man is male and female, but what it's saying is like a mature individual. So, a mature individual quits with a purpose. This is what I mean. It's time for you to get some rest. You're overextending yourself. So you might want to quit for the day and get some rest. That's that. It, it fits there. But you just got started? And you tired? Your arm's hurt because you're shooting extra shots? I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm, I'm picking with, she hadn't done it before. So, so you got to pass that one time. We've already done it now. So you, so, so no excuse. right? You understand? <laughs> you understand? Like, like you, It's uncomfortable? Oh, I'm reading something and I don't understand. So our first thought is, I don't understand? If, if you really need to figure out how to get to where you need to go, got lost, and where you was going, they had a sale where, where they were selling uh, Jimmy Choo's for, for 80% off, and you just got some money. And you got lost. You going back home? Oh, you're gonna figure out a way, look, genetics over there. No, we're gonna figure out a way to get there. I, Jimmy gonna find me today. Somehow I'm gonna get there, you know. Right? Well, well, look at look at finding the revelation in that scripture as as a much more valuable than what you're gonna get for Jimmy Choose. Because after the few first few wares, and everybody goes they're, they're wonderful. You're going to want some new ones anyway. So, no matter how much they cost, right? But when you find that treasure in God's word and it opens up your ability to see what God purpose and plan for your life, oh, you there, there's nothing more valuable than it. And, and it should cost something. You know, what was our vision like four, four years ago, four, five years ago? Commit to the dig. Like, you, you got to keep digging until you get to, you know, there's gold in them there hills. You got to keep digging until you find it. So I was was talking to my nephew about this. It starts out with an agony. When you get into this word, it's agony. Like for me, I I was kicking it in the streets of Newark. So the Bible was like, okay, they say read it, but this makes no sense to me. So it starts out as an agony, but then it became an appetite. Now it's a part of what I need. Then it crossed over into being uh, amusement or pleasure. So I enjoy it. But it didn't start that way. Nothing started that way. Listen, I Listen, I learned, uh, I'm going to end with this, but I learned to, to start, you know, when we started, we had no help, it was just me and my wife. So I learned video. It took me two weeks to learn how to edit video. It was agonizing. But I just kept sticking with it. Same thing with graphics. You know, it was, it's been years of learning to, to do the graphics, but, but it was agonizing. I never did it before. So I, so I had to mess up. I had to be willing to look bad. Stuff was produced, and <laughs> like it was out there. It was out there on the internet and stuff like that. It was just garbage, you know what I'm saying? But I had to be willing to look back. And I'm still willing to look back because I'm not as good as some people that, are, that do it the way they do it. But I, I've, I kept, I've learned. to. I'm not at the agony stage. I, I, actually, I'm at the, I enjoy it. It's not even work. It, it's amusement for me. But it was agony at first, especially when you got to do projects for like Pastor Mel. Listen, like, you know, she asked you to do something and, you, and she didn't know it took me like five hours to do what she asked. And then she's like, no, nah, I want it just like this. Now, she can ask me that now and I could just say, oh, no problem, baby, I can change it. But back then I was like, this might take another eight hours. <laughs> you know, like, you sure, you, you, you know, trying to do a Jedi mind trick, you sure you didn't really like this? You probably really like it, just don't know, you know, like, because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so I was going through the agony. And so, so I'm sharing this today because the scripture says, um, what is it? You can't, if you can't run with the footmen, how are you gonna handle the horses? Jeremiah 12, 5, right? And so this is this is this this is nothing compared to the platforms God has taken us to. That's when it gets deep. Like, like we sometimes we're panicking and getting overwhelmed. We ain't even doing nothing. I said we, right? I did say we, right? Yeah. So we ain't even doing nothing. What are we going to do at the next level, which is coming fast? See, that's what happens in, in, when people grow as Christians. What they say life comes at you fast. Purpose comes at you fast. Right? And they be like, oh, wait, hold God. Hold, hold on, wait, God, hold, hold. No, 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 ain't no wait, hold. I, 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 prepare, I, I, I was, I was preparing you for this. <laughs> right you know what I'm saying like <laughs> it probably sound like I said something else to I, I, I know how y'all do even when I said it, I know I probably sound like I said something else I didn't say that I just didn't get the LD out as clear as I wanted to <laughs> right <laughs> but it's no way God has been giving us advanced information you know what I'm saying it's, we should be ready and as, as changes made and you see you remember the, the, the virgins like, where y'all going Oh, wait, wait for us. No, 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 no. We ain't waiting for y'all. Y'all could have had y'all all too. And this is what happened. We ain't waiting for y'all. Y'all could have been anointed too. All right, so let's let's give it the program. That's all.